You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is Series 4, Episode Number 11 for Tuesday, September the 12th, 2023. It's JJ Sefton here, along uh, once again with my uh, good friend, colleague, and co-blogger, CBD. CBD, good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, it's a lovely day today. It was uh, pouring for most of the last couple of days, so uh, I'm happy that the uh, the world is drying out. It's also uh, unseasonably cool, um, but that's okay. I like that. It makes me well, uh, it makes me happy when the uh, the climate lunatics are uh, are stymied for one more day. But uh, they'll probably call it the hottest uh, summer in record. But uh, they lie, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, what's up with you? Well, it's nice and sunny. It's a beautiful day here in uh, southern Wisconsin. It is cool. And I think it's just because uh, the fall is just around the corner. And it is, of course, reminiscent of that uh, wonderfully beautiful sunny day uh, 22 years ago in uh, in lower Manhattan. But, uh, you know, horrible, horrible, horrible. And what's ma- made even more horrible by the left's complete, you know, we had we had one we had basically maybe a week, if that, of uh, national unity. If you can call it that, I think the left tried to fake their sincerity as best they could, and then after that, it all it all turned it all turned to crap. But uh, there you have it. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, you know, some people say he, you know, he he by not attending the ceremonies, he, uh, you know, he, he debased he debased the the, solemn, the solemnity of the day. And considering who he is and what he says, I'm glad he wasn't there. You know, better better that he shouldn't have been there. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris was uh, was in the lead, and she was uh, she did what Joe Biden did at that Medal of Honor ceremony. She left during the reading of the names. Class act, the two of them. Yeah, uh, they're vile people. Um, and you know, it, it's becoming increasingly obvious that uh, they're losing control over Biden. Um, his his dementia is um, in, increasing. I think uh, his episodes are increasing. Their ability to control it with medication and uh, and you know sleep manipulation um, is uh, is eroding quickly, and I, I you know I, I used to think that yeah he's a lock for the uh, Democrat uh, nomination for president in 2024, um, but this is the sort of these are the sort of events that make me think you know maybe not maybe he really isn't going to be the uh, the nominee um, you mm-hmm. know as crazy as it sounds. I, no, I don't, it's I don't, possible. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, the chemical cocktails are not. They're increasingly just not working for him. Um, I mean that that disastrous press conference in in Vietnam uh, was a Karen Jean Pierre literally gave him the hook and shut off his microphone. When has that ever happened with the president? When is it? When has a press secretary ever shut off a president's microphone and then and told him to say bye bye? Uh, yeah, this is this is not this is just does not bode well on so many levels. But um, yeah, horrible, absolutely horrible. Yep, I agree. Anyway, um, so in, in your uh, morning report, uh, you you touched on um, a, a topic that I find very very interesting, and that is that that the left, um, the the Democrat junta, wants us scared, and I think that's a very important thing. And it's not it it, it it's not as if they are going after every single one of us in our homes. What they are doing is sending a very very clear signal that they can go after us. And I think the January 6th prisoners are a perfect example of that. The, the fact that there are people who have been in jail for, uh, for what, two and a half years? No, three and, oh Christ, three and a half years, three, three and a half years for what is essentially uh, breaking and entering or, you know, vandalism is a 
clear message to the right, to the conservative right. <clears throat> you okay? Yep. Sorry <clears throat> about that. But it's a clear message to the conservative right that uh, they can get at us. And uh, it's terrifying. And it's chilling. And it tamps down the the normal uh, free response to government overreach. Yeah, that was uh, Robert Spencer, of course, uh, had a phenomenal article about that where he uh, one he highlighted one particular political prisoner in, uh, in particular. And, and I can't remember his name and I, I feel bad about that. And this gentleman just articulated it so well, which is basically what Trump has been saying, is that it's not about, you know, prosecution. It's about intimidating the rest of the public to shut up, get in line and don't dare protest anything. In fact, there was a reaction. I think it was the, the wonderful governor of Virginia, Mr. Glenn Youngkin. Governor Youngkin, who commuted the sentence of a a parent from a Loudoun County from that Loudoun County school board, who I believe he was prosecuted for something for either disturbing the peace. I don't even know what it was, just because he he loudly protested. You know the uh, what was happening in Loudoun County. Just to, to backtrack, was a transsexual student or a transvestite student was allowed in a girl's bathroom and he raped a couple of students, and so. You know, that's not the crime. The crime was protesting it. And now because Youngkin commuted this person's sentence or or expunged his record, the left is just in, in absolute apoplexy over the whole thing, which is, of course, ridiculous. But CBD, touching to your point of wanting us to be afraid, you know, there this is absolutely it, it's political terrorism at its worst on so many levels. And that's why it really disturbs me when when people who I truly respect uh, the, the estimable Victor Davis Hansen and others who write these, these essays, and some of them are very eloquent in, in, in some of the points that they're making. But at the end of the day, he, you know, the, the article was, I believe was in American Greatness, uh, why the left fears us. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me, uh, Dr. Hansen. How does the left fear us? When this uh, Lujan Grisham character in New Mexico can unilaterally announce that she is completely suspending the second the Second Amendment because of whatever reasons she wants to, where is the fear there? Uh, again, where is the fear when uh, Donald Trump is brought up on these on these charges for essentially just exercising his First Amendment rights? And just to backtrack to what you said about some of these J6 defendants, what vandal? I mean, very little vandalism, if anything. It was a panty raid. And plus the fact that it was the DC cops, the Capitol Police, and the, uh, and, and the DOJ and their, and their underlings that invited them into the Capitol in the first place and escorted them onto the property. And they were unarmed except for Jacob Chansley who had a, you know, a, a buffalo helmet and a spear. And he was even telling people, okay, it's time to go. Let's go. So where's the insurrection? What's the insurrection? Meanwhile, these uh, crazy uh, abortion uh, crazies invaded Kevin McCarthy's office. And, and literally staged an insurrection in his office right then and there that was, if anything, equal to or even greater than what was supposedly happening on January 6th. And let me tell you, the only reason they got into that building is because Democrats let them into the building and, and guided him to his office. So, Absolutely. yeah, we, we, where's the fear? There is no fear. And I'll shut up. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the New Mexico overreach and that, I, I'm calling it an overreach because the reaction is has been significant. Um, there are. uh at least two suits that have been filed already against it. They're going for a temporary injunction um, against it. Uh, New Mexico sheriffs are saying, yeah, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to enforce this. Um, and the police chief of Albuquerque, I think, said that he wasn't going to enforce it. Um, but that, of course, uh, is left. So what will happen is that the state police, who are 
the governor's uh, shock troops are going to enforce it. Now, whether they actually do or not is going to be interesting. Um, but as I've been talking about more and more, we need these sorts of crises in this country. We need a constitutional crisis. We need uh, law enforcement to be pushed um, when when this sort of overreach occurs. They need to commit. And I'm mo- moderately gratified that that at least uh, some cops in New Mexico are saying, yeah, this is crazy. We're not going to do it. But it is it, it is one more step in the in the Democrat junta's attempts to make us scared. We they want to take away our rights. They want to limit our ability to exercise what what rights we have, um, that what rights remain. And, uh, you know, this is this isn't the last time this is going to happen. Yeah, agreed. And believe me, to, to counter, you know, Dr. Hansen's point, if the left really feared us, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing in the first place. So, I mean, there there is no fear. They stole an election with impunity. I believe they stole that election with impunity. And there was really no reaction to it. And the only reactions we ever get from our, our uh, you know, political leaders is, you know, we'll take you to court or something like that. And they're going to take us to court where, where they have uh, prosecutors and judges that are in in the bag, uh, you know, that are just as corrupt as every as them. So it's ridiculous. It's they have nothing to fear right now. So it's basically, uh, you know, here's what we're doing. We're we're drawing the line. You know, uh, now what are you going to do about it? And they are literally tempting fate, especially with something as dangerous as the Second Amendment. But I got to say, the First Amendment should be the thing that really, you know, rankles people to to fight back. And they are fighting back as best that they can. But this is, uh, you know, this is a whole other level of, uh, of, of crossing the line here. And it's got to be, it's something has got to be done. But the real fear of CBD, and it is definitely encouraging that the, some of the New Mexico police and some other police are defying these sort of, uh, you know, junta uh, totalitarian tactics by the leaders. But at a certain point, you know, when push, push comes to shove, we were bemoaning the fact that the police really, are ordinary people and they're going to be out there defending their, you know, trying to protect their jobs, protect their hides, stay down and just follow orders. So it's a very dangerous uh, point we're at. And it's not just enough for the police. I mean, look what's going on. There was an article the other day where because of Governor Abbott in, in, in Texas putting these barriers in the Rio Grande that are effective in, in preventing the crossing of, of the river. Now, all of a sudden, the EPA is, is declaring a certain species of mussels in the Rio Grande to be endangered and I'm using that as a pretext to order him to remove the uh, to remove the barricades. Yeah, so at that's, a certain point, that's, that's, that, yeah. that that um, follows perfectly with what I was talking about, that there need to be constitutional crises. Abbott needs to tell the FDA or, or uh, whoever, uh, some judge um, to stick it, uh, that if he if he wants those barriers moved, then he can move them himself. Um, but once again, the, the, the idea that business as usual is going to save us from the depredations of the, of the hard left is insanity. And as much as I respect, and you mentioned this earlier, but as much as I respect Victor Davis Hanson, I think he is absolutely incorrect. Um, yeah. his, his idea that, that the rule of law is still extant in, in America is quaint, and I think it's naive. Um, he, he is a brilliant man in many, many ways, in, in most ways. And, uh, and I'm, I'm a little surprised that he 
does not see what is actually going on. Um, and what he's talking about, I, I think, is is the suggestion from uh, Speaker McCarthy that impeachment is now going to be on the table and that that, you know, in, in, within a, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, um, the, they are going to vote on whether to impeach President Biden. And, yeah, that, you know, that's cute. Uh, let, let's say, uh, you know, in the best of all possible worlds, he is impeached. Well, the, you know, the trial will be in the Senate. And he will be he will be found not guilty. Uh, there's no way in hell they're going to get. Uh, is it two thirds or three quarters? I don't remember what majority they need to to convict a, a president in the Senate. But that's not, just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. And and uh, you know, it's a gesture more than anything else. And what what has happened obviously is that impeachment is no longer a serious thing. It's a it's a political tool, and you know. So what? So so they so they impeach Biden. What's really important is have him convicted of criminal acts, which I think he is clearly guilty of, and that is selling his office. But that's not going to exactly. happen either. No, that's not going to happen because of, as I said, the rigged. Uh, you know, in Washington D.C., it's rigged in favor of the Democrats. And you know, Trump is right. There's no way in hell he's ever going to get a fair trial in Washington D.C. or New York or any major. You know, blue, uh, blue hell hole that, that the, that if the venue is moved and they're never going to move the venue. It is ridiculous in the extreme. Now you can argue if, if, if it's politically, uh, profitable, shall we say, uh, to go ahead with the impeachment and you probably, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But again, at this stage of the game with everything, the illusion of regular order, dear God, I mean, does it really, does it really make that much of a difference? Yes. Biden, his son, and everybody related to him should be held criminally accountable. That is something, and I think even if, and it more than likely is, the courts, and, and especially in the D.C. area, are completely rigged in Democrats' favor, it should still go ahead. Uh, that That's an important trial to go forward. But, um, you know, who knows? It's it's probably never going to happen, and I think it's... If 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 Joe Biden's brain keeps melting at, at the rate it's going right now, he's he's probably they're going to probably going to you know he's out anyway. He can't medically continue. They're going to either have some sort of a pretext to get rid of him. I don't know that it's the Twenty Fifth Amendment or whatever it is, or he'll just res- he'll just be forced to resign. But then again, even with his dementia, he's such a freaking egomaniac that he he, he probably won't agree to resigning. So yeah, he point, can't he can't be forced to resign. Um, they have to invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment and remove him from office. That's the only way I'm they can get behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I was talking about behind the scenes. They would. Oh sort of, yeah, you know, no, but no, no, no. no. I, I agree completely. He's, there's no way he'll agree to it. He he simply no. won't do it. Um, but uh, you know. I, I, and I have been critical of the of the whole impeachment uh, theater, uh, but I, I mean, I do I, I do look forward to it. It 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 might convince a few people in the United States that that he truly is a crook, um, and it certainly throws um, a wrench into the works for the Democrat Party. It does it, it it forces them to focus on something that is being controlled by the Republican Party rather than them um, gleefully. Uh, forcing the Republican Party to play defense all the time. Right. From a political standpoint, I find it very interesting. There was an interesting article. Uh, I mean, he's definitely a wackadoo just as much in, in, you know, definitely visibly more so than perhaps a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But everyone, all of a sudden, the Democrat Party is really starting to take notice of this Cornell West character. And the fear is that if he does, in fact, run on the Green Party ticket, which he seems to be angling to do, 
that would theoretically throw a wrench in the Democrats, if not their their ability to win the election legitimately against whoever the GOP candidate will be, but uh, to probably even steal it. Because let's say they do steal the election, they're going to be stealing it from the Republican Party and Cornell West and the Green Party. And that's going to piss off a lot of people. And at the very least, a lot of people will have to say, you know, maybe you guys had a point about elections being rigged because look, look what they've done. Oh, again, they, come on. Done a, I was going to say, I was going to play devil's advocate and say they never raised a stink when uh, Hillary stole it from and Joe stole it from Bernie Sanders. But look, you know, the times may have may have changed this time. Who knows? It's it's unavoidable. Who knows? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I wonder how much traction Cornell West is going to get. It's it's cute to think about it in the absence of of any other uh, significant challenger. Um, except, well, obviously, except for RFK Jr., who's, let's face it, a fucking lunatic. We talked about this. Um, the more he talks, the scarier he is. Um, but Cornell West is, you know, he's rarefied. You know, he's, he, where is he now? Harvard or, uh, he was, yeah, he was Har- yeah, whatever. He was Harvard, I think, but that's, you know. Well, no, where is he now? I, 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 I don't now. know what, uh, what faculty appointment he has now, but, but he is, know. he is, you know, part of the intelligentsia, supposedly. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't, and, you know, his face isn't going to resonate with black America. They're not going to leave the Democrat Party in droves to to vote green and vote Cornell West. Uh, will he draw some support from black America? Sure. Will he draw some support from the, you know, the lunatic lefties on on uh, a, a couple dozen college campuses? Sure. Is he going to get 10 percent of the vote in Berkeley and in, in Madison? Yeah, maybe. But. In the grand scheme of things, you know, if he if he gets one or two percent, uh, that would be surprising. And is that enough to to kick the the election to the Republican, whoever that might be? I don't know. Probably not. Well, we can dream, can't we? I mean, oh, uh... absolutely. And by the way, I like it. You know, it, it, he's he's again, he's that uh, he's that uh, wrench in the works and. Uh, the more that happens, the better off the conservative movement in America will be. Yeah, I, I will even say it's it's really interesting because all of a sudden it's you know you really set up these uh, rhetorical tracks rhetorical traps for the left because supposedly they're calling they're calling Cornell West a white supremacist for opposing Joe Biden and like you got to kind of laugh at that. So the longer Dr. West or Mr. West or Professor West stays in the race, and the more these kind of crazy rhetoric can get out there, the more ridiculous it makes it makes the left look, uh, the better. I think uh, I, so I cheer his candidacy in the same way I cheer the candidacy of in a non-supporting way of RFK Jr. The more that they're in there uh, causing a stink and being turds in the punch bowl, the better it is uh, for everybody, whether it causes a reaction in the polls or in the election results or if it just um, – causes some consciousness to be raised among uh, the low information set, all the better. Well, I agree. Anyway, so um, I, I noticed, um, I've been, you know, I, I, I read Reason Magazine. They, they are the, uh, the stoners who pretend to be, um, uh, you know, in, enlightened independents uh, who, are, who look down on both the Democrat and the Republican Party. Um, and I've been thinking about their reaction to a, a lot of the, um, immigration laws that we have in the United States and the lack of enforcement and, you know, the selective enforcement and things like that. And it fascinates me how profoundly wrong they are about how economies work. And the, the point being that they want to end immigration control because they think that free 
unfettered immigration and emigration, to be fair, uh, is the best way to run an economy. And in a perfect world, they're probably correct. But what they have failed to 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 recognize that you cannot have both free immigration and a welfare f- state at the same time. And yet they are constantly railing against uh, immigration controls, but they very rarely talk about the, um, the the huge amount of money that is spent on these immigrants and the ease with which they can enter the uh, you know the the sugar daddy sweepstakes of that is the American government. Well, you channeled the great Milton Friedman. That was his quote exactly. You cannot have a welfare state and open borders at the same time. It's just not going to work. And we see this in practice. And, and by the way, reason, the fact that they call themselves reason is a dead giveaway because they are anything but reason. They're, they're, they're idiots. I mean, you could see it in practice right now, what's going on in New York City. Every, uh, the, the New York, Eric Adams is shrieking that I can't afford this. We're going to, I'm going to have to be able to, I'm going to have to cut services. I'm going to have to cut everything. I'm going to cut police, cut welfare in order to service this, uh, mass wave of, of, of migrant invasion that is coming up into New York City. So when he recognizes recognizes this, despite the fact that he's placing the blame on, on uh, you know, Governor Abbott and Republican governors, as opposed to his own damn party, which is for open borders, and that's beside the point. But he recognizes that I can't pay for this and have uh, open immigration at the same time. It's just, it's, it's just not going to happen. Something has got to give. And the first thing that's going to give is uh, is the is the New York City budget. And of course, he's got he's begging or he's demanding that the federal government pay him billions of dollars to support this. And I think the, uh, who knows what what the reaction is of the of the junta is to this. I think uh, he's pissed off and he's pissed off at Kamala Harris because you know she doesn't seem to to agree with that. So well, let's, well, let, but wait, 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 wait a second. Well, let, let's be honest here. He's not pissed off that he's got uh, a bunch of of. Uh, of illegal aliens um, in New York City, he's pissed off that he is not being funded by the federal government. He doesn't give a shit about the immigration, about the illegal immigration. He likes it. Um, all he cares about is the money. Well, well, the thing is, the money's not forthcoming, and he's seeing right. that that's that's the issue. It's not. It, it, it's not a philosophical disagreement with the federal government that you know the federal government is allowing this illegal is illegal immigration. Oh, no, 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 and no, no, he, no. Yeah. So anyway, you know, uh, to, that brings up a, a, a talk that I've that I wanted to discuss. Um, so I, I think on our last podcast, I used the phrase uh, wetback to describe the illegals coming over the, the southern border. And I was taken to task by a dear friend of mine uh, who said that it um, it was it, it was a poor choice of words and that uh, being, you know, using a pejorative to describe these people is uh waters down uh the message uh, he suggested that illegal immigrant or illegal alien is certainly appropriate um well look at this way if it was good enough for, if it was good enough for caesar chavez because he called them wetbacks all yes, the time he did what's the problem i yeah. guess it's using the you know that n-word you know whatever but we can't say it but but again it's a pejor it look it describes what they are that's what you call them but I, I'm just so sick and tired of this whole language police shit, even from our side. I'm sorry. And it, there's nothing we look at. That's, that's, that's a pejorative. Then it's so be it. You know, their, their backs get wet from being in the Rio Grande and that's where it comes from. So deal with it. Oh, I agree. And, and the thing is that the, you know, the, the, the language creep, um, you know, it went from 
uh, wetback to illegal alien to illegal immigrant to immigrant to migrant to uh, you know, temporarily undocumented to, you know, pre-citizen. What are, I, I don't know what's coming next. Um, and uh, and I, I refuse to play that game. And that's why I, I use the term wetback. And I will continue to use it. Um, actually, he, my friend was over for dinner and I promptly used every single pejorative I could think of to describe every <laughs> single ethnic group that I could think of. So uh, it, we got a bit of a chuckle over that. But uh, anyway, you know, we, we- We've come a long way, sadly, in a way from, uh, I remember there used to be a, there was this book I, I, I had as a kid. It was like a cartoon book. It was called Race Riots and it had a different section for a different ethnicity and it had ethnic jokes. And God, oh my Lord, this is, you know, 50 years ago. And look, you laugh at it sort of, you chuckle at it, but you, you know, you don't, you don't believe that unless you're, you know, so you're an unreconstructed bigot. But the fact that you laugh at it, what's what's the problem? I remember just thinking about, you know, what is it? And, I, and I'm probably digressing here to, to way off the base here. But the Dean Martin roasts when they had, you know, when they had who they're roasting, Sammy Davis Jr. And, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, Jan Murray was cracking jokes about him and black people and so on and so forth. And who was on the panel? It was Muhammad Ali and, and you know, Will Chamberlain. They're laughing along with him. So, you know, 50 years later, look what we've degenerated to. Well, that's because they didn't understand that uh, that words can be violent. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amazing. What's next on the hit parade? Uh, I don't know. Let's uh, take a short break, and we will come back with something hopefully clever. Hopefully. <laughs> Back uh, for our next segment of the Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks podcast with uh, CBD. It's JJ Septon here, and a very disturbing, uh, really disturbing uh, bit of news out of California. What else is new? Flying under the radar, or should be really not flying under the radar. Uh, Governor Newsom and his uh, communist apparatchiks in the California legislature have now passed some sort of a bill which states that if parents do not recognize uh, children's right to to change their sex uh, and to ge- and to misgender them, then the child can be taken away by the state from the parents and the parents punished. Uh, if this ain't Orwellian, uh, I don't know what is. Uh, well, it's California, so uh, you know or- Orwell's is is looking down from heaven at California and thinking, "Wow, they're even crazier than I expected." It's insanity, and this is one of the things that mitigates, I think, against the the idea that uh, that Newsom is going to be the um, the Democrat nominee for president in twenty twenty four. California has has become such a joke for so long. It has been such a joke for so long, and they're doubling down. And it's this is this is the kind of stuff that really is going to turn off the you know the the not ignorant but the 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 disconnected voter in America, you know, they're once again, they're going after our kids. And that is where Americans perk up and say, ah, oh, no, not today. Right. You know, it's really, what's really um, interesting is that I think it was a number of years ago, I believe it was proposition eight 
which was about, uh, you know, recognizing that marriage is between a man and a woman. And the thing actually passed. And that means that there are a lot of uh, blacks and, and Latinos, obviously in California, it's a state that has two very large segments of, of their population of those two ethnic groups that voted in favor of this. And then somehow the court was uh, strong armed, that it had to be strong armed into declaring it unconstitutional and tossing it out. And I forget who it is. The, uh, the chairman of Mozilla Firefox, I forgot his name was outed as someone who had contributed to proposition eight. Yep. And he was forced, he was forced out of his, out of his job as a CEO of that company, which I believe he was even one of the founders of. But yes, this is a line you did are not crossed. The, the, the caveat to that, I would say, is as, as in many cases, historically, as goes California, soon so goes the rest of the nation. So many trends and things have come out of that state uh, from, the, from the benign, like, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, yoga and, and meditation and you name it, to stuff like this, which is just absolute abject insanity. And they are rapidly becoming, uh, you know, the, the bellwether for potentially what could be coming to this country. Um, and hopefully kids, the children are hopefully the really is the, the, the bright red line in the sand with so many people, be it even if they're not, uh, you know, they're not conservatives, but certainly blacks, Latinos and, and, and others who do not look favorably, favorably upon uh, the homosexualization of children, the, the transmutation of children and the abuse of children in general. And even to, to a lesser extent, especially with the Latino community of, of the Catholic Church, they do not, and with abortion, they do not look kindly upon this stuff. So let us hope and pray that this is the the element that unites uh, certain people against the leftists, because it's dangerous. Now think back 20, well, boy, let's see, almost 30 years. Uh, remember the Defense of Marriage Act um, signed by Bill Clinton? Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. that marriage is, is between a man and a woman. And uh, that was, used to be the law in the United States. And now... Uh, I. My God, if if I, Bill Clinton would be othered if uh, if he ever spoke about that now, even well, Bill yes. Clinton. Yeah, well, I believe he he, uh, as they say, evolved on the subject as did Mr. Obama on gay marriage when he suddenly supported it when when he ran on on the platform of not supporting it. So, yeah. you know, this is you know it's political expediency. They don't care, and of course, the left. The left will never look at, at Bill Clinton as a, as a serial rapist because, uh, you know, hey, it's his private life and all those other women were lying about him. Meanwhile, you know, they trump up charges against Donald Trump with this Eugene Carroll and everybody else under the sun as him being a horrendous human being and a, and a rapist. And, of course, uh, you have to go after him for that, but dare not bring up Bill Clinton. So, yeah. So uh, in, in other news, I find this uh, quite amusing. Um, Jen- Jennifer Granholm, who, uh, in case anybody <laughs> recalls who she is ah, god i barely remember who she is uh she is the uh, secretary of energy the united states secretary of energy um and she went on a uh, a little ev tour of the south uh four-day trip uh um you know she, i think she was driving driving a, a an ev cadillac and there are people in, in the caravan driving uh the f-150 lightning which was the you know the all-electric f-150 that uh, can't carry anything um, and, uh, it was, it was a bit of a boondoggle, uh, at, w- gee, what a surprise. Um, yes. and they couldn't find enough charging stations. So what they did was they blocked off a charging station with a, uh, internal combustion engine car just so that they could charge their cars when they arrived at this, at, at, 
wherever the hell they were going. And, uh, gee, somebody got pissed off and called the cops, which I think is just wonderful. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a perfect symbol of how fucked up the whole idea of electric vehicles is. But, you know, this is it. It's the federal government is gung ho. I mean, they're going full speed ahead, trying to push us away from gas powered vehicles and into these EVs. Now, the, you know, they talk about, oh, all the jobs are going to be created. By the way, this is a segue. How do you create a job building EVs when you're destroying the jobs building uh, internal combustion engine vehicles? Isn't it? Oh, sort of a one-to-one correspondence, assuming that people will buy about the same number of cars? Uh, it's, well, just, yeah, or is that something that we're not really supposed to pay attention to? You're not supposed to pay attention to them, plus the fact that most of the jobs that are being created are uh, in the slave labor camps of China, where they are mining you know, all the rare metals that we need for these batteries, which the red Chinese are now not going to be selling to us because, because we're their, their, you know, their, we're their enemy. It is ridiculous. And what's more ridiculous is that Every bureaucracy, regardless of, of, of where it is, the people that are leading the bureaucracies are people who literally know nothing about the subjects that these bureaucracies are supposed to, uh, the issues they're supposed to cover. I mean, tell me that Peter, Peter Buttplug or Buddy Gig or whatever the hell his name is knows anything about transportation. This guy couldn't get on a bus if he didn't have a, a freaking uh, bus pass to get on the thing with. He wouldn't know which end of the bus is, is what. And Jennifer Granholm knows about as much about energy as, uh, you know, I don't know, as, as anybody. She knows nothing about it. She has no background in this. She's a political hack and a political appointee, and that's all she is. And regardless of the fact that all of these things and everyone is telling them the infrastructure is not there, the, the materials, the batteries, the technology is not ready, all of these things. And a sensible person would back off and say, you know something, you're right, it's not there, we have to wait. But of course, they're not sensible. This is a political aim to destroy our economy via via one avenue, which is energy control, and then yep. when they control that. You know, man, Pete Buttplug even made made a point saying he doesn't even care if you have an electric vehicle. He doesn't want people getting having automobiles and having transportation. And that's and, 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 and of course that's the, that's the true goal. But you know, it's you know, yeah. let, let's let's grant them that they can create a charging network in the United States that rivals the. Um, the I don't know hundred thousand gas stations we have in this country. Let's let's grant them that. I I don't think they can, but assume no. they can create that and assume that Americans will embrace electric vehicles eventually. And so let's say we have this this uh, adequate charging system across the country and electric vehicles. How are they going to generate the huge amount of le- of electricity that they will require? In addition to what we need right now, where are they going to get the energy? They're shutting down coal plants. They're shutting down oil plants. They're trying to shut down gas-fired plants. Are the, are you are are they suggesting that wind and solar is going to replace the the huge amount of power that they would require that that they are taking out of the system and then add the pe- power that they require? I, I simply don't see it. The math is not there. It, it is it's it's yeah. an unjustifiable change in in our energy infrastructure. You know, it's just all this is is really is, is just a microcosm of the left. You have useful idiots 
who are true believers in the fairy tales and the fantasies of socialism and everything else that goes with it. And you have the master manipulators who prey upon these people as their as their enablers of of these uh, of these programs because they know full well it's not going to work. But as we said before, they don't they don't care if people don't aren't un, are unable to to go f- from A to B uh, freely whenever they want and however they want. The less mobile you are, the more tied you are to within maybe a mile of your home, the better you are and the easier you are to control and to be a political pawn and basically be a serf of of a totalitarian regime. And that's that's what really what this is all about. Who knows what Jennifer Granholm believes about things? Who knows, you know, what, I mean, whatever Greta Thunberg believes about things is, is one thing. I don't think she's, I don't think Greta Thunberg or people like her are evil necessarily. I just think they're deluded and delusional. But it's the people who use their delusions to control us, as Lenin called them, the useful idiots. That's where the real danger is, whether it's healthcare for sure or the environment or transportation or anything else. The less free you can make us and the more dependent that you have to be on on a, on a central all powerful government, the less willing you are to uh, to go against them, and so there you have it. Regardless, and, that, and of that's how many, the and that's the conceit them. of the of the left that they think that 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 centralized control does not necessarily translate to lack of freedom or to loss of freedoms, but that's nonsensical. That is exactly what it translates into, and <laughs> the American people have not yet learned that. And uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to learn it uh, good and hard in the next generation that that centralized control is, by definition, loss of freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think on that note, we have come to the end of yet another podcast. Uh, So for CBD, it's J.J. Sefton here for the Cut Jib Newsletter Radio Network. Keep the cards and letters coming, and thank you so much for hitting our tip jar. Please continue to do so. It helps us more than you know, and we will see you on the next one a little later this week. God willing. Folks, thank you very, very much. As usual, um, the the support is gratifying and extraordinarily flattering. Uh, we both have huge heads because of it. So uh, you, are, you are responsible for that. Anyway, until next week. Ciao.